CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... to be made, there are secrets to be kept. No, that's not a famous quote. But for all the truth it contains, it might as well be. Money was made in undreamed of quantities by a handful of men in this country in the years following the Civil War. They were called the captains of industry. But even the most respected of these pillars of society had a skeleton or two in their closets. They would have paid half their fortune not to see exposed. But there are some skeletons that just don't seem to understand the value of money. Great Caesar's ghost. It's you. It's been a long time, Jade. Go. Go away. Leave me alone. You robbed me once of something. Something you can never give me back. Well, then... What are you going to want? mystery drama, Revenge, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Percy Granger and stars Gordon Heath. It is sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division and True Value Hardware Stores. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Denver in the 1880s was a prosperous town. And two of its most prosperous citizens were Jade Wanamaker and Herbert Beale. Two more different men would be hard to find. Jade was a quiet domestic man. Herbert was a hard-drinking bachelor addicted to his nightly poker games. No, except for their wealth, the townsfolk said these two were as different as night and day. But they did have something in common. And one afternoon, he rode into town. You cabin, Mary? That's right, stranger. What can I do for you? You own this dive? What are you calling a dive? I asked for the most degraded, low-life hangout in the Tenderloin District, and they sent me here. Now listen, mister. Fancy clothes, I know you're going to get carried out of here feet first. Now, what do you want? I want to buy it. What? Lock, stock, and barrel. Say, what is this? Name your price, and I'll pay you double. <laughs> what are you? A reformer? No. I don't want anything changed. Only meet one condition, and I'll give you this. $10,000? What's the condition? I want one room upstairs kept vacant for when I need it. For $10,000? When I've done what I've come to do, money won't be of any use to me. Howdy, stranger. Morning, Sheriff. I'm looking for Jade Wanamaker and Herbert Beale. Well, Herb, I reckon you'd find any night over at the Silver Dollar Saloon, but uh, Jade, he don't go out, my poor fellow. Why do you say that? On account of his wife. 
Is her name Esther? Yeah. Say, she was a great beauty once. Once? Why? What happened? Oh, it's sad how people change. She's not only grown ugly, but turned shrewish to boot. Hasn't been out of their mansion for years. Why, do you know her? No. I don't think so. Where can I find Jade Wanamaker? Well, um, he goes over to Clem McFarland's barber shop every morning for shave. Thank you, sir. Much obliged. Good morning, Mr. Wanamaker. Morning, Clem. Got your mug all foamed up, sir. Uh, have a seat. Uh, thank you. Any more news about that stranger? The one who bought up Cabin Mary's saloon down at the Tenderloin? Well, what goes on down there don't interest me none. They say he's got it in for someone. Probably some gambler, two-bit hustler. Oh, I don't know. He seems like a real gentleman. Come in here yesterday for a shave. Uh-huh. <laughs> right after you left, as a matter of fact. Tip real good, too. Strange-looking person, though. There's something not quite right about him. Huh? How's that? Well, he has the most piercing green eyes they ever seen inside a human skull. Green? You say green eyes? Yeah. Burn a hole right through you. Uh, the, the hole's still, Mr. Wanamaker. This razor's sharp. Uh, he didn't, uh... By any chance... Did he walk with a limp? Well, yes, he did. Which leg? Oh, I can't remember. Which leg? His left? Yeah. Don't tell me you know him, Mr. Wanamaker. I knew such a man once. Probably just a coincidence. Hello, Jade. What? You careful, uh, Mr. Wanamaker, the razor. Uh, you cut yourself, Jade. That was careful. Let me get a towel. No. No. I got to go. You didn't used to be so careless, Jade. Stay away from me. Why are you following me? Oh, surely you're not begrudging an old friend the pleasure of your company. You lay a hand on me and I'll call the sheriff. I don't think I need to touch you, Jade. I paid for what I did. Believe me, I paid. You haven't paid enough. Well, what do you want? What do you want from me? Money? That's not what you stole from me. What then? Tell me. I don't know. I'm just here to collect, Jade. How you want to pay me is up to you. This is my gate. This is my house. You follow me in and I will have you arrested for trespass. I won't follow you in, Jade, but I'll be waiting. And whenever you leave your house, I'll be waiting to follow you wherever you go. For, for how long? Until you pay. No! What's the matter? Uh, you look like you'd seen a ghost. No, Esther, I didn't see anyone. You're, you're bleeding. Oh, 
you sanctimonious old hypocrite. Did someone slit your throat at last? Yeah, nothing. Uh, accident at the barbershop. Hmm? Well, why are you looking out the window? No, Esther. Who, who's out there? Don't look. Yeah, it's him. He's come back to haunt me. To, to haunt me, too. It's what you deserve. What we both deserve. Why? Must a man pay for the rest of his life for a single crime committed in the folly of his youth? Haven't you punished me enough? For 32 years. What I did, I did because I loved you, Esther. You lied to me, Jade. You lied to me. And I told myself I believed you. I followed you instead of my heart. And the ugliness of my choice has shown ever since in my face like... Like a mask I can't remove. He's still there. Esther. You must... Go out and speak to him. No. It's you he wants. He, he does? He as much told me so. He'll listen to you and leave us in peace. Esther, please, please. I'm feeling faint. Would you see me die? No, but but I, I can't go out to him. Why not? I couldn't bear to have him see me as I am now. Please, Esther, I'll give you your freedom. Jade, years ago I wanted my freedom. It's too late for that now. Well, what are we going to do? He can't stand out there forever, can he? Hello again, stranger. Good day, sir. I see you located, Mr. Wanamaker. Yep. Well, I got a complaint from him. Says you've been following him. Is it against the law to follow a man? Look here, mister. I want to know what you're up to. My business is with Jade Wanamaker. Now, you give me a straight answer or I'm running you in. Very well. I'm here to take revenge on three people who have robbed me of life's three most precious possessions. Revenge is against the law, stranger, and I'm putting a stop to this right now. Mr. Wanamaker is a respected citizen and no one's got any call to bear him a grudge. You're under arrest. What crime am I committing, Sheriff? Well, uh, well, you're in a public street. Now, streets is for horses and vehicles. Section 103 of the public code. Very well. If you'll permit me five minutes, I believe I can satisfy the law. Well, okay. I'm going to see Mr. Wanamaker and find out what this is all about. I don't want you standing here when I return. Oh, sir. Did you arrest him yesterday? No. Well, why not? He's been following me since yesterday morning. A man following another man around isn't the crime, Mr. Wanamaker. But he can't stay out there in the street. It's a public thoroughfare. I've given him five minutes to get off the street. If he's not, I'll arrest him. Oh, did you hear that, Esther? We're saved. What's that? Huh? Look, coming up the street. Oh, good Lord. Oh, no. It's, it's a purse. Sheriff. Sure. Yeah. Well, well, what can I do? 
The law says you got to have a vehicle. It don't say what kind. Uh, uh, <laughs> Mr. Wanamaker. Just me to my bed. Get me out of this sight. Yeah, Mr. Wanamaker. Yeah, Mr. Wanamaker, can you hear me? Yes. Now, what is it between you and that man? I can't tell you. Why not, Jane? Go ahead. You press a charge, Mr. Wanamaker, and I'll arrest him, but I can't do it without a charge. Well, there's your chance, Jane. Go ahead. Press charges, like you did before. Uh, 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 I can't. Don't tell me you're getting soft in your old age. Uh, Mrs. Wanamaker, do you know that man? I... I did once. Well, I think you'd better go out and speak to him. No. Why not? He, he mustn't see me as, as I am now. Well, it's either that or by widow's weeds, Mrs. Wanamaker. It's up to you. Hello, Ben. Howdy, ma'am. Don't you recognize me? Esther? Yes, it's me. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to sound shocked. Oh, I know the years have not been kind to me. They might have been. I know. You've got your revenge, Ben. Jade has had a stroke. Oh. But it's me you should have punished, not him. I have. Man and wife are one flesh, one body. He's not a bad person, Ben. He confessed to me years ago that the robbery charge on which he had you jailed to get you out of the way was false. I should have thought you'd have had more faith in me, Esther. We were engaged. I know. I was poor then, and you wanted wealth. Well, I'm rich now, Esther. Far richer than Jade Wanamaker will ever be. Oh, it wasn't only money. When I thought you were a thief as well. I loved you. I've never loved anyone since. Oh, I'm sure that's not true. It's in the past now. Oh, please, Ben, I... I don't want Jade to die. I've never given him a moment's happiness. He will die. And then you'll have his fortune. That's what you wanted, isn't it? You've changed. You're not the man I knew, Ben Thompson. You've become evil. That... Hurts suits you. Your heart has turned to stone. Oh, I've been wrong all these years. We never could have been happy together. Jane! Oh, Jane, I... I could have loved you. The hearse is yours, says that when Christ came down to earth with the offer of heavenly redemption, he crushed the head of the serpent who first tempted us. With Christ's offer, hardness of the heart was no longer forgivable. Yet there are still those among us whose hearts are so hardened by the bitterness of experience that they are beyond the reach of grace. Is Ben Thompson such a man? 
who are the two remaining victims on his list? And what were the precious gifts of life of which they deprived him? And what about that room at Cabin Mary's? We'll find out when I return with Act Two. How much punishment does a man deserve for his crimes? Must he pay as Jade Wanamaker did with his life? Did Jade's punishment fit his crime? We're tempted to say it was excessive, but how can we measure the effect of his actions on Ben Thompson? However, these are philosophical questions. There's no time to contemplate them now, for Ben Thompson is about to mark his second victim. But Herbert Beale is going to prove a much tougher customer than poor old Jade Wanamaker. I'll see that 500, Maxie, and raise you another. What you got? Three jacks, Abe. Full house. Ten high. Hmm. Well, I think that does it for the rest of us. Oh, come on. You gonna desert me when the luck's going my way? Let's have another bottle on me. Whiskey. It's all very well for you to drink and play cards at all hours of the night. You ain't got a missus and family to answer to. Hey, boys, don't leave without me. What's the matter, Maxie? You afraid of that stranger they claim killed Jade Wanamaker? Well, he did kill him, Herb, sure as we're sitting here. And the sheriff didn't do a darn thing about it. Well... If Jade was so weak, he let someone scare him to death, then I figure he got what he deserved. They say he's got two more people on his list. Well, I know for a fact I ain't one of them. Oh, come on, let's play one more hand. Now, where's our whiskey? Here it is, sir. What? <laughs> well, I'll be Ben Thompson. <laughs> Don't tell me you're the one causing all this trouble in town. You two know each other? From a long time ago. Isn't that right, Herb? I never expected to see you again. No, I don't get you did. Not after you robbed me of every ounce of gold I'd taken off my claim and left me in the gutters of San Francisco. Now, please, Ben, don't break my heart when I'm trying to concentrate. You care to join us, Mr. Thompson? I'm not here to play cards. You ain't going to tail me the way you tail old Jade Wanamaker, are you? No, Herb. I'd like to make you a little wager. You want to win back the 10000 I stole from you? No. I want you to give it back to me. <laughs> ben Thompson, you was always soft in the head. <laughs> and I'm willing to wager that you will offer do so. Oh, voluntarily? <laughs> That's a sucker's bet, Ben. How much are you worth, Herb? Financially, that is. Oh, quarter of a million, give or take. Why? That's all? I'll put up twice that for my own fortune. That I will voluntarily offer to repay you $10,000? What's the catch? No catch. That's some debt, Herb. You're not afraid, are you? How do I know you got this kind of dough? Here's my receipt from the Grand Hotel. I've got close to a million dollars deposited in their vault. And you're giving me two to one odds. On your entire fortune. You got yourself a bet. 
So we got witnesses. And high-rolling gamblers like yourselves live by their word, eh? Well, there's some honor amongst thieves, even high-class thieves. Now, if you'll excuse me, we'd like to get on with our game. What are you going to use for stakes, Herb? Are you kidding? I've been winning all night. But you just tied that up. What? You just tied up your entire fortune. And until our bet settles, everything you own is frozen. Well, uh, let's set a time limit to this. Too late, Herb. Why, you low down. Living without money was always a fate worse than death for you, Herb. And until our bet is settled, you can't gamble. You can't even buy a drink unless someone else pays for it. But then it never was beneath your pride to take charity, was it, Herb? But if I pay you the 10000 I lose my bet. I lose my fortune. That's right. And we've got witnesses. I've got to get rid of him. I don't give a hang about my word of honor. If the rats want to leave the sinking ship, fine. I'll take care of matters myself. Survival of the fittest. Ben Thompson must die. And I think I know just the man for the job. Uh, good morning, Mr. Thompson. Good morning, Clam. I've come for my morning shave. Uh, yes, Mr. Thompson. There's, there's no one else here. You're always the first one. Uh, step right up. So... How are things? So far, everything's going just as I planned. You got Mr. Beale cornered? Oh, no, not by a long shot. In fact, I've got no idea what the next move is. I don't think you'll have to worry about that. I'm not. With someone like that, the thing is to get them off guard and then let them take the next step. It's a good idea. It's an old Oriental principle. Force your enemy to attack and use his energy against him. Uh-huh. How did you know it was Herbert Beale I was after? Uh, news travels. <clears throat> Sit still, Mr. Thompson. You're holding me mighty tight, Clem. It's just this one little spot on your neck, sir, that's hard to get. You're choking me. I'm sorry, Mr. Thompson, but I've got to do this. You just hold still. Oh, Sheriff. Good morning. Hello, Clem. <laughs> Mrs. says it's time to get my hair cut. But Sheriff. I... Oh, why, well, you, Miss Thompson. So now you're after Herbert Beale. Sheriff, Mr. Thompson, please. He's only got one weakness, that man. Superstitious. Hey, what were you going to say? Nothing. Nothing. Go on, please. It comes from all that gambling, I guess. He always sits to the right of the door when he plays poker. <laughs> He's afraid of the left. Left of anything, and he believes in luck. Does he believe in ghosts? Ghosts? <laughs> I don't know. You'd have to ask him. Thank you, Sheriff. I think that's just what I'll do. Yeah, Clem, uh, I think I'll come back later. And, Mr. Thompson, don't think I'm taking my eyes off you for a minute. One false step, and you're behind bars. <laughs> Thanks for not saying anything, Mr. Thompson. 
I, I'm sorry. How much is he paying you, Clem? Ten thousand. But he said it was to protect his life. That you were going to kill him. I am. And you're going to help me. Oh, no, Mr. Thompson. Please, I've had enough. Do you want me to call the sheriff back? No, 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 no. All right. All right. What do you want me to do? Could you recommend a good butcher shop? What? I'm in the mood for some rare steak, Clem. Blood rare. Well, there's Kiva's place just up the street. I'll be right back. Meantime, you'd better close yourself. But it's early morning. We've got a long day ahead of us. That's going to start with a visit to Mr. Beale. Mr. Beale? Well, what you doing here? Uh, I've come for my money. I told you to wait for nightfall. I said I'd contact you. I did what you asked me to, Mr. Beale. Not so loud. Come inside. I want my money. Not so fast. Where's the body? Outside town. In a ravine up the canyon off the Edgeware Road. You take me to see you've done your work properly. Then we'll discuss money. Like you did a good job, Clem. You want to go down, have a closer look? No, no. I can see well enough from here. Well, Ben Thompson, you're dead at last. And I'm free at last. I believe I owe you some money, Clem. Let's go back to town. Money is the only reliable currency between human beings, Clem. Ah, there you go. $10,000. Have you forgotten our bet, Herb? What? That money is not yours to pay out. Man, what you doing here? I saw you dead not one hour ago. Who are you talking to, Mr. Beale? What? Well, don't you see him? See who? Ben Thompson. He's standing right there. Uh, I don't see anyone, Mr. Beale. Uh, I just want my money. If you pay him, you forfeit our wager, Herb. And if you forfeit the wager, you lose your fortune. Say, what is this? What are you two trying to pull? If this is some kind of joke to welch on our agreement, I won't stand for it, Mr. Beale. Clem, put that gun down. I want my money. Oh, I get it. You two are in cahoots. Did you really think you could scare me? Give me that gun. Wait a minute. Mr. Thompson. Herb, stop. It was only a trick. Clem. Clem, you all right? Clem. I didn't mean to. He's dead. It's your fault, man. It was your finger that pulled the trigger. Get rid of it. You're no ghost. What in tarnation were you trying to prove with a crazy stunt like that? You're a gambler. Gamblers are superstitious. Well, you're crazy if you thought you could scare me to death. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in nothing I can't see with my own eyes. Yeah. Like Clem McFarland there. 
Since I came out of here. We? I came here for revenge, Herb. This isn't quite how I planned it, but it does save me the trouble of killing you myself. What are you talking about? I'll be just as happy to see you hanged. What? Ben, you got to help me get this body out of here. I can't lift it myself. I helped you once, Herb. Or had you forgotten? What do you want? The $10,000 I stole from you? Uh, here, here, here it is. Do you think I care about the money? I'll forfeit the wager, Ben. You can have it, my entire fortune. Only don't, don't send me to the gallows. I befriended you when you were down and out. When you hadn't a dime or a hope to your name. And I trusted you when no one else would give you the time of day. And you betrayed my faith and my friendship for gold. Take my fortune. Well, you you want it in writing? Here, here. Since when have you valued life more than money? Nobody wants to die, man, unless he's a fool. Right. Now, go on, take this paper and promise me you'll keep silent. Thank you, Herbert. Where are you going? This has worked out much better than I could have expected. Why? You'll be hearing from the sheriff shortly. You tricked me. You've lost the bet, Herbert. Says who? There's no witnesses. But I've got it in writing. Where's that gun? All right. Stay right where you are, Ben Thompson. What? You're not going anywhere. You want the blood of two people on your hands, Herb? say that Ben Thompson's days are numbered, but there's been enough bloodshed in this act already, and so I'm sure you'll agree with me that it's time we took a short break while we ponder Ben Thompson's untimely reversal of fortune, to say nothing of the mysterious third victim, who it would now appear seems rather safe from the jaws of retribution. But is he? Or she? We'll get on with the proceedings in a few minutes. Man is the only animal who plays poker. And a good poker player can't afford to be too superstitious. Something Ben Thompson should have thought twice about before attempting the foolhardy scheme of trying to frighten Herbert Beale to death. For when even the best laid plans of men often go astray, what chance have those not so carefully considered? Are you going to hand over that paper, Ben? You'll have to take it off me, Herb. Uh, I'm not that much of a fool. I will, but after you're dead. It'll be tidier if the sheriff did it. But I don't mind at all killing you myself. Survival of the fittest. Why don't you fall? Maybe you missed, Herb. Try again. What? What's the matter? Why aren't you dead? Maybe your eyesight's going. I'll come closer. Oh, no! Stay back! Maybe I really am a ghost after all. You hired Clem to kill me, didn't you? Stay back! Keep away from me! Your gun's empty, Herb. No. You've lost your bet. You're a ruined man. A man can't lose a bet to a ghost. 
He can if he's got a witness. A witness? What you mean? Clem, you can get up now. Clem, you're alive? Thanks, Mr. Thompson. I was getting mighty uncomfortable on that floor. Yeah, but all that blood... Compliments of Kiever's butcher shop, Mr. Beale. Just like Mr. Thompson's out there in the canyon. But the bullet... Blanks, Herb. But sometimes blanks work better than the real thing. I think I need a drink. Don't you think it would be polite to ask your host's permission first? What? Like I said, Herb, you're a ruined man. If you think you can make that stick. I think I can, Herbert. A signed document. Of course, if you would like to contest it, you'd better think first whether it's worth going to jail for attempted murder. Mr. Thompson. Don't worry, Clem. There's enough evidence to hang my guest twice over without involving you. Your guest? A guest in my own home? My home now. You seem to be having trouble accepting that fact. Uh... I want a drink. I will not have common dirt like you drinking my whiskey. You're? Well, I, I don't get it. I thought you wanted my life. What good is my fortune to you? Money is everything to a man like you, Herb. Without it, you've nothing to live for. So it shouldn't take long, should it? Now, come on. Where are we going? I've arranged a place. For you to stay. What? What is this place? I think you'll recognize it. Cabin Mary's? Why should I recognize this? I've never been here before in my life. Oh, yes, you have. There are places like this in every town in the West, including San Francisco. San Francisco? You remember her? The Gold Fever Saloon. You remember the gang of toughs that were beating up on you just for the sport of it? And how out of common decency I tried to stop them and got a broken jaw for my troubles? I put clothes on your back and money in your pocket and made you my business partner. You took my loyalty for granted. Nobody takes Herbert Beale for granted. I took you for my friend, Herb. Well, howdy, Mr. Thompson. I was wondering when you'd be back. Hello, Mary. How's business? Oh, better than ever. I brought my guest with me. Hey, isn't this Herbert Beale? Yeah, uh, please. Let, let, let me have a drink. Oh, you, you'd better get him upstairs, Mr. Thompson. Everything's ready for you. Just the way you wanted it. Here you are, Herb. This is where you're going to live out the little that remains of your wretched life. It's filthy. One room? I used to have a mansion. But this is where you belong. I dragged you up from thieves and cutthroats. And now I'm throwing you back. What power do you have to keep me here? The only power you respect. Money. You haven't a cent. There's nowhere else you can go. I won't live off your charity. Of course you will, Herb. Because just like any other animal, you'll do anything to stay alive. I've got my pride. You're nothing but a skid row bum. You have nothing, you hear me? I've waited have 35 years for this moment. 
35 years to see you beg. No! I won't beg. I won't. And I won't stay here. I'd rather sleep in the girl. You're not going anywhere. I brought you here to watch you die. You have no right... I paid for the privilege of watching you die. No. I've paid for my crime now. You got my fortune, but it was yours anyway. It was built on the money I stole from you. And now... I'm going out of here a free man... Beholden to no one. Stay away from that door, Herb. You'd shoot me down, Ben. In cold blood. Stay away from that door. No. I'm gone. I win, Ben. I win. Pray for your soul, Ben, as one sinner to another. Well, Mr. Thompson, you broke your word. I reckon I did, sir. Mm-hmm. I got a trifle impatient. I think it goes without saying that you broke the law as well. You'd better come along now. I'm afraid I can't do that, sir. Why? Mr. Thompson, you... You'd better do as he says. I told you I had three people to get, remember? Herbert Beale here only makes two. There's still one more to go. Now, I've had all I'm going to take from you, mister. You don't understand, Sheriff. I have one. One more revenge. My gun is trained right at your heart, Mr. Thompson. Now, are you coming with me or not? No one can stop me, Sheriff. Not even you. I'm warning you. No. Uh, Mr. Thompson. Uh, Mr. Thompson. Uh, is he hurt bad? No, I'm sorry, Mr. Thompson, that you forced me to shoot you. I'll get some bandages. Never mind, Mary. No, no, that, that wound's fatal. Mr. Thompson, can you still hear me? Yes. Why wouldn't you surrender to me? Why did you think I couldn't stop you? Because the third victim was me. You? I don't understand. He can't speak anymore, Sheriff. Yes. Yes, I can. I want to explain. I came to town to kill three people. The three people who had robbed me of the three most precious possessions life can offer. And the first was Jade Wanamaker, eh? He robbed me of love, of happiness. In our youth, I was engaged to Esther O'Hara. You mean Mrs. Wanamaker? Yes. But I was still poor then. Jade was already amassing his fortune. But the one thing he wanted was Esther. He had me arrested on false charges. Jade Wanamaker? I never would have suspected oh, that. people can change when they want something badly enough. While I languished in jail, he pressed his suit with Esther, told her lies about me, and finally deceived her into breaking her vow to me. By the time I was freed, they'd left town, and nobody knew where they'd gone. 
Esther was a beautiful woman once. And Mr. Beale, he, uh, he robbed you of money. Oh, something far more valuable than that, Sheriff. No. What Herbert Beale robbed me of was faith. One could not have done more for another than I did for him. And yet he betrayed me. And since that day, I have never been able to trust another human being. But you, what did you rob yourself of? The most precious gift of all. Salvation. For by seeking revenge for the other two, I have denied myself the kingdom of heaven. Oh, but surely you repent now. No. No, I cannot. My heart was hardened too long ago. Even your bullet hasn't softened it, sir. <laughs> I guess that disproves the old saying. You can get blood from a stone. Blood from a stone. A grim image. But was Ben Thompson as hard-hearted as he thought? Perhaps. But consider this. He knew better than many of us that life's most precious possessions aren't the material things of this world. Love, trust, and salvation. Somewhere along the line, he had gotten his priorities straight. Even if he didn't have the wisdom and the self-discipline to live up to them. And after all, isn't that the source of so many of our problems? That we haven't the courage of our convictions. I'll be back shortly. Some people say money buys everything. Some say there are things no amount of money can buy. Most of us claim we believe the second of these statements to be the truth. And yet, much of the time, we act as if it were the first. Why will a person act against his better judgment time and again? The answer to that is a mystery. Our cast included Gordon Heath, Robert Dryden, Leon Janney, Bryna Rayburn, and Gilbert Mack. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. I guess so, yes. It, it, it's all right. Good. Now, let's go look in on Carol. All right. It's just a cold, you know. It's nothing serious. And a sore throat, she said. Well, she said her throat was a little sore. Carol? Dr. John is here, dear. He wants to check on your cold. Carol? John? The window's open. She's not here. Let me... Uh, Harold. 
Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Contact, the 12-hour cold capsule, and Buick Motor Division. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.